0: Hello, Rider Flex Nation. Steve Urban here with a great story for you today around the topic of follow up. This is a true story, personal experience, as many of my podcasts are. I want to share this with you to give you some encouragement and some reminders of how follow up really is so critical in management. You know, I was told many years ago that you live and die by how much follow up you do. You know, the The classic line, trust but verify, all come into play with with this story. And I want to share it with you in in hopes that if you're a younger manager, you understand how critical follow-up can be. And if you're older or more senior in your career, maybe it'll be a great reminder if you're getting a little relaxed on how much you follow up. So true story, I was a district manager for a company. Uh, retail company. I was over about 15 brick and mortar stores. So I had 15 store managers. We were always in the process of ranking our managers and sharing with our regional manager who we thought within the group might be ready to move up or be the next district manager, right? So we were always ranking our team members and then sharing that with our boss. Hey, here are my store managers, one through 15 on how I rank them, etc. I was at a a regional meeting one time with all of the other district managers, and we had all come to this meeting to share the rankings of our district teams, and then we were going to put people up on a giant board, and we were going to try to rank store managers actually within the region, and there were probably, I think, seven district managers in this room, and all of the district managers managers of course had 10 or 15 store managers so we're trying to rank whatever that math is 80 or 100 people and so all the district managers are really lobbying for their folks right we're all trying to get our guy or our girl to the top of the list because you know it's a big feather in your cap to get somebody promoted f- from within your team up to the district manager level so i'm at this meeting and of course I had been talking my guy up for months and months and months with my supervisor Dave and we're at this meeting and boy it was pretty heated pretty you know pretty some intense debates around talent and how we were ranking people to make a long story short I came out of that meeting with my guy ranked number 1 in the entire region not just my district but in the region and we all agreed finally after much debate that if another district manager spot opened up, this guy was going to get the job, and so it was really a succession planning meeting, and I felt really good about it. I had lobbied hard to get my guy, you know, kind of earmarked for for this promotion. About two months later, it was a Saturday morning. I'll never forget it. I opened up my email just to kind of check to make sure business was okay the day before. I see a uh, letter to my boss the regional manager from this store manager that I had been touting all this time my number one guy the letter was an apology letter and a and a resignation letter all at the same time for having stole funds from the company for about 6 months you see when you run a brick and mortar store At least back in the mid 90s, there was still a lot of cash involved and store managers used to have to go to the bank and make deposits every day. Well, as a district manager, part of your job is to follow up on those deposit slips and those deposit logs when you make visits to stores. Well, I had stopped doing that in this particular case because after all, this was my number one guy, right? best guy in the region. I don't need to check deposit slips on on this particular store. So I got lazy. I stopped following up on that particular item for this this person. And over a course of six months, he started rolling deposits. And I won't go into all the details on how that works for this podcast because we don't have time. But the point is, he ended up stealing a lot of money from the company. Finally, it caught up to him because if you roll deposits for long enough, you you, you won't be able to deposit enough cash back in before somebody at the corporate office notices. And that's what happened. Somebody at the corporate office finally noticed it, called it out, and he had stolen a bunch of money for a long time. To make matters worse, it was clearly evident that I had not been following up or checking the things I was supposed to check when I visited this store or I would have caught it many months ago. So I'm reading this email on a Saturday morning. And I'm thinking to myself, not only does this make me look really bad for not doing my job and following up, but this was my guy, my number one guy that I said was the best guy in the whole region. Folks, that was, that was a tough blow for me at that point in my career. It really hurt my credibility with my supervisor at the time, and it took a long time to restore that. And it also damaged my thought process or how fast I would sign off on somebody. After that, it took a a long time for managers to impress me and a real long time before I put complete faith in them. And so the point of this podcast is this, no matter how comfortable you get with somebody, no matter how good you think they are, I don't care if it's your mother or your brother or whoever it is that you're working with if there are certain things you're supposed to be checking or following up on, especially when it comes to money, I suggest you do so. Because the access to cash can do bad things to good people. And so whether it's somebody in accounting or somebody that has access to financials or whatever it might be, always make sure you are doing the checks and balances and following up, because trust me, it will come back to hurt you if you don't. And there is your RiderFlex tip of the day. As always, folks, we really appreciate you listening. You can call in, by the way, or email us with questions, and we'll help you in any way we can. Visit RiderFlex.com to learn more about us. Thanks a lot, and have a great day. Hello, RiderFlex Nation. Steve Urban here with a great story for you today around the topic of follow-up. This is a true story personal experience as many of my podcasts are I want to share this with you to give you some encouragement and some reminders of how follow-up really is so critical in management you know I was told many years ago that you live and die by how much follow-up you do you know the the classic line trust but verify all come into play with with this story and I want to share it with you in, in hopes that If you're a younger manager, you understand how critical follow-up can be. And if you're older or more senior in your career, maybe it'll be a great reminder if you're getting a little relaxed on how much you follow up. So true story, I was a district manager for a company, a retail company. I was over about 15 brick and mortar stores, so I had 15 store managers we were always in the process of ranking our managers and sharing with our regional manager who we thought within the group might be ready to move up or be the next district manager, right? So we were always ranking our team members and then sharing that with our boss. Hey, here are my store managers, one through 15 on how I rank them, etc. I was at a, a regional meeting one time with all of the other district managers and we had all come to this meeting to, share the rankings of our district teams. And then we were going to put people up on a giant board and we were going to try to rank store managers actually within the region. And there were probably, I think, seven district managers in this room and all of the district managers, managers, of course, had 10 or 15 store managers. So we're trying to rank whatever that math is, 80 or 100 people. And so, all the district managers are really lobbying for their folks, right? We're all trying to get our guy or our girl to the top of the list because, you know, it's a big feather in your cap to get somebody promoted from within your team up to the district manager level. So, I'm at this meeting, and of course, I had been talking my guy up for months and months and months with my supervisor, Dave. And we're at this meeting, and but it was pretty heated, pretty, you know, pretty, some intense debates around talent and how we were ranking people. To make a long story short, I came out of that meeting with my guy ranked number one in the entire region, not just my district, but in the region. And we all agreed finally, after much debate, that if another district manager spot opened up, this guy was going to get the job. And so it was really a succession planning meeting. And I felt really good about it. I had lobbied hard to get my guy, you know, kind of earmarked for for this promotion. About two months later, it was a Saturday morning. I'll never forget it. I opened up my email just to kind of check to make sure business was okay the day before. I see a letter to my boss, the regional manager from this store manager that I had been touting all this time, my number one guy. The letter was an apology letter and a, and a resignation letter all at the same time for having stole funds from the company for about six months. You see, when you run a brick and mortar store, at least back in the mid 90s, there was still a lot of cash involved and store managers used to have to go to the bank and make deposits every day. Well, as a district manager, part of your job is to follow up on those deposit slips and those deposit logs when you make visits to stores. Well, I had stopped doing that in this particular case because after all, this was my number one guy, right? Best guy in the region. I don't need to check deposit slips on on this particular store. So I got lazy. I stopped following up on that particular item for for this person. And over a course of six months, he started rolling deposits and I won't go into all the details on how that works for this podcast because we don't have time. But the point is he ended up stealing a lot of money from the company. Finally, it caught up to him because if you roll deposits for long enough, you, you you won't be able to deposit enough cash back in before somebody at the corporate office notices. And that's what happened. Somebody at the corporate office finally noticed it, called it out and he had stolen a bunch of money for a long time. To make matters worse, It was clearly evident that I had not been following up or checking the things I was supposed to check when I visited the store or I would have caught it many months ago. So I'm reading this email on a Saturday morning and I'm thinking to myself, not only does this make me look really bad for not doing my job and following up, but this was my guy, my number one guy that I said was the best guy in the whole region. Folks, that was That was a tough blow for me at that point in my career. It really hurt my credibility with my supervisor at the time, and it took a long time to restore that. And it also damaged my thought process or how fast I would sign off on somebody. After that, it took a a long time for managers to impress me and a real long time before I put complete faith in them. And so the point of this podcast is this. No matter how comfortable you get with somebody, no matter how good you think they are, I don't care if it's your mother or your brother or whoever it is that you're working with, if there are certain things you're supposed to be checking or following up on, especially when it comes to money, I suggest you do so. Because the access to cash can do bad things to good people. And so whether it's somebody in accounting or somebody that has access to financials or whatever it might be, always make sure you are doing the checks and balances and following up because trust me, it will come back to hurt you if you don't. And there is your Rider Flex tip of the day. As always, folks, we really appreciate you listening. You can call in, by the way, or email us with questions and we'll help you in any way we can. Visit riderflex.com to learn more about us. Thanks a lot and have a great day.